Welcome to Ono, oh Ross, and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. And Bye! <laughs> we're back at the Conscious Life Expo. Yeah. Was I supposed to say something else about when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to? Oh, maybe. Did, I don't know. Someone stole my bike. <laughs> Oh, poor Carrie. Someone stole my bike right before this recording. That's a day ruiner. Yeah. Yeah, so your brain's with your bike. Yeah, I'm just thinking about my bike. If only you could track where that is. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, and yes, I didn't she didn't have a, anything on it. She had a lock on it. I did have a lock on it, but I didn't have, you know. But this is Los Angeles. An so. Apple whatever or Air whatever or oh, Chipolo yeah. I, whatever. Or, you know, I didn't have any of those tracking devices um, that a person might have on their car. Uh, um, bike. Ah, oh, I can't even think straight. Oh, this, it's okay. You were outside of a witch witch, or it was outside of a witch. It was witch. outside of a Marshalls, which is around the corner from a witch witch. Okay, I checked on it after I went to Marshalls for dry shampoo. Then I went to witch witch for a sandwich. Terrible. We're talking less than forty-five minutes of me not looking right at my bike and come back and it's gone. Awful. Awful. No. Awful. And you expect me to podcast? <laughs> With the things we do for these listeners. Uh-huh. So we're back at the Conscious Life Expo, and we're talking about your favorite, my favorite, you never know what'll come out of her face, Linda, Linda Moulton Howe. Howe. If there's one thing that can put me in a better mood, <laughs> I don't know how she does it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like her last name. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I'll figure that out sometime today. But now I get it. Linda Moulton Howe, if you haven't heard this show ever before, because that's the only way you would not know who she is. Mm-hmm. We talk about her so much. But she is a ufologist. Yeah. If you will. That's my preferred pronunciation. Yeah. She's one who studies UFOs. She is a whistleblower. Okay. All right. All right. She is an Emmy winning journalist which is to say an emmy winning journalist in a funny voice she's an interesting character so she is an independent journalist who she has a master's degree in communication yeah from stanford right i don't even know i think so and she was a local reporter at some point who did a local news story about some animal mutilations that Mm -hmm. she theorized had been the result of alien abductions Mm -hmm. and alien crimes, I guess. And she did this daytime news magazine piece about that and won a daytime Emmy at one point, a local daytime Emmy. But still, neither you and I haven't won any local daytime Emmys. true. But a lifetime was diverted. Yes. So ever since then, she has been making a lot of hay out of that. And boy, is she beloved in these circles. Oh, yeah. So we've encountered her now at multiple conferences. Yep. At the Ozark Mountain UFO Conference. Mm -hmm. That's a fun series to listen to. The Contact in the Desert series, mm-hmm. we saw her there. The and, Summer of UFO 2017. And both times that we've been at Conscious Life Expo, Linda Moulton Howe's been there. Yep, and she is a draw. At this conference, she had just celebrated her 80th birthday. Yeah, 
pretty incredible. I mean, she seems to really keep going. Yeah. She produces a lot of content. She has a popular YouTube series. And she's one of those people you can just stick in front of a microphone and say, start talking. And <laughs> she's she'll, got you. She'll keep talking until someone stops her. It's just not a problem. <laughs> Absolutely. And she'll say one wild thing after another. Yep. You go, wow, you just said that. Okay. She does. And then she also can be a bit of a rambler. If you haven't kept up with whatever's kind of on her mind lately, she won't return you to square one at right. all. She won't help she you won't figure out the context, what, yeah, what you might be missing. It's like you already know about the underground bases in Antarctica, <laughs> right? where the aliens are currently living. So I'll just say the phrase, underground bunker number seven, and uh, yeah. you will know exactly <laughs> what that is. And if you don't, you know, ask a friend. Right. So there's a lot of that in the story that I'm about to tell you. Did you find a lot of that in your Linda Moulton Howe experience? Yeah. Conscious Life Expo? Because we had two different Linda Moulton Howe experiences. That we're going to talk about, yeah. Yeah. Well, I saw her first, I think, Saturday night. Okay. This is Saturday night. Okay, so she was speaking at 6 p.m. at the La Jolla Ballroom. It was $45 to just see her. That's a good way of determining a little bit of the, I don't know, hierarchy maybe Uh at the conference is the people who get the special bonus tickets. They know they're going to be so in demand Mm -hmm. that you'll have to pay extra. And so far, we've talked about, well, the blood analysis guy. We've had a little bit of conspiracy, some things around COVID. We've had sacred geometry. We've had people wearing pyramids on their heads. Uh, So that's kind of like one track. I've met the risen Christ. Yeah, right, right. And this time... We're going to be telling you more about like the alien track yes. at Conscious Life Expo, which is a big deal. Which is not my bag. It's usually more Ross's More bag. my bag. Yeah. Baby. But I think you couldn't be there that night. So it's like, well, I, yep. I got to see Linda. Okay, yeah. One of us has got to be there. Well, and I would say Linda in particular is your beat. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm hoping there's some updates on your Linda Moulton Howe correspondence. There is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So I'll do what Linda Moulton Howe will never do for you and set the scene. Okay. For those who don't know, Linda Moulton Howe tends to do this thing. She will let any human being with a body and a voice mm. walk up to her during a conference or slip her a note during a conference and say, Hello, I'm former FBI or I'm former CIA or I used to work in the Navy and <laughs> I have secrets about the aliens who are secretly in cahoots with our government and coming down from the skies to abduct us all in these massive experiments. And she just seems to go, okay, that must be true because you're saying it to me, person standing here. I get the impression that she'll ask maybe one or two slightly probing questions. And if they provide her confident answers, she's like, okay, checks out. Got it. Okay, so that was our going theory is it doesn't seem like she's doing much vetting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Vetting will become a pun in this story. Okay. (laughs) Watch for it. Okay. Okay, so this really seemed to us like this was just happening at every conference. She'd be like, someone else came up to me and said this wild thing. Isn't that wild? And we started to theorize, could we just walk up to her and say anything? And she'd just repeat it. And there's only one way to test that. So at the last Conscious Life Expo, I brought a handwritten note written in gel pen that was like, hi, 
I used to be in the CIA. Dogs are aliens. The reason that humans love dogs so much is because they're these specially bred aliens that are just perfect angels who just want to serve humanity and are the greatest partners ever. And you're saying this and I'm thinking there's a conversation in the panel that I witnessed that addresses this or at least. Really? Well, we'll get there. But, you know, like it could provide a connection. there. Okay, interesting. So I put stickers on it. I'm making this just the easiest little decoy test she could possibly reject. Yeah, gel pen. Yeah. You lost me at gel pen. (laughs) So I bring it to her friend Jimmy Church, who tends to host panels and things with Mm -hmm, her. mm Mm-hmm. Bring him a note at the last Conscious Life Expo. Give it to him. He gives it to Linda Moulton Howe. I see it change hands, but she doesn't mention it that night. And then the next day, she talks about it on a panel. And the <laughs> next night, I email her from a made-up Proton Mail email address and say, I'm the person who sent you the note. Do you want to talk? Okay. So that's all old hat. You mm-hmm. and I have talked about it on previous episodes. Yes. We've put Linda Moulton Howe's name in the goddamn show description over and over and over, and she still has not realized this is me. She doesn't have Google alerts for herself. Yeah. She's still asking me all these questions like, what does ONRAC stand for? Which is what I told her was my CIA department. (laughs) Mm -hmm. My most recent email back, I was like, I don't know. I've heard a lot of things it might stand for. One is, oh, no, Ross and Carrie. I don't know what that means. I'm just like trying to help her. (laughs) Like just... Like, copy and paste this into your search engine, any search engine. It's sad when faith in others is liability. And uh, for, yeah. for yeah. her, it is. You know, she's yeah. just a little too trusting. Yeah. And I vacillate between, like, this is fun and funny, and like, I hate this. <laughs> I hate this prank I'm pulling on this 80 year old woman uh-huh. that I'd like to stop by her just like figuring out where the edge is and then being like, okay, that's where it was. When mm-hmm. I said that, you went and go, now we. No, now we can talk about it. To be fair, she was 78 when you started this. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. Anyway, she has been writing me back for two years. I mean, off and on, we're not 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 consistent emailers. Certainly not. But as Conscious Life Expo is roaring to life again, I'm like, well, I'm bringing another note. Okay. Oh, physical note again. Oh, yeah. Oh, I sent it to you. Do you not remember? No. Okay, let's see if I have it on my phone. Oh, wait. Okay. I remember the feeling looking at it, but not the actual (laughs) content of it. What was the feeling? Oh, Carrie. You're still doing this. Okay. Well, yeah, I I don't want to be. But, okay. I know that in the note, one of the things I said was, you should know there's also a CATS program. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. I know that she's a cat person. And I thought maybe I had offended her with my dogs are superior talk. Okay. So I bring in this note and I find Jimmy Church again. Mm -hmm. Look him right in the eyes again. I'm the same woman. Not that he should remember me. And I'm like, hi, someone walked up to me in the line and said this is for Linda do you know who I can give this to? And he's like, I got it. Wow. Okay. It's like, oh, this happens all the time. (laughs) All the time. All these ex-CIA. Always doing this. Government program. And they always just find some woman and give the note to her and have them give the note to me. And then I give the note to Linda. (laughs) This is how branches of government work. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's how we leak these disclosure revelations. All right, so... Oh, wow, I I googled OnRack, and yep, we come right up. Okay, yeah. Along with some Final Fantasy reference. Hmm, interesting. I'm going to try 
Incognito on rack. Right. Oh, yeah. Nope. Yep. We still come Definitely up. Definitely us. So as I'm waiting in line for this talk, there is a woman standing in front of me. She's carrying a cat or dog carrier in her hand. Okay. She turns around right away to look at me and she says like are you here to see linda and i said yeah and she said i can't believe it they have a tv celebrity oh she's a tv celebrity okay yeah. all right finally getting your money's worth at this conference yeah and i said oh you know i've this is gonna sound wild but i don't know that i've actually seen her on tv but i've seen her live four or five times now mm-hmm. and she said oh so you're a big ancient aliens fan then and i was like no i just told you i didn't, I see, her didn't see her on tv but, sure <laughs> only um, the episode she's not in <laughs> or only the actual concept of ancient aliens no capitals i'm more eric van donniken <laughs> this woman in line said well you know my stepfather worked for an aerospace company and he had top secret clearance oh, and nice. He told me that the alien autopsy thing is real. He got briefed on it. Okay. So I say, oh, an aerospace company. Which aerospace company? And she's like, I can't remember. (laughs) Okay. All right. Cool. What a story. And this is the moment where I realized that she has a parrot on her shoulder. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So she's holding that dog or cat thing because her parrot sometimes goes in it. Ah. Oh, yeah. I was at a talk with a parrot lady. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe parakeet. I don't know my domestic birds very well, but I think a parrot. Yeah. Pretty big. Yeah. Pretty big. Pretty big. Okay. So I'm really trying to send parrot lady signals that I'm done with this conversation by looking at my phone, (laughs) Uh but she really wants to have it. So we talked to her. Well, she is somebody who brought a parrot to a conference. (laughs) Yeah. What a weirdo. I only brought a note pretending I was the CIA. (laughs) You know what? Okay. You're well matched. What a piece of work this parrot lady is. (laughs) So we go in. I hand my $45 ticket to... I'm still pissed about the $45. I hand it to some volunteer. Sit down. And my friend Rachel was still there. And she was texting me. And she was like, I kind of want to see the alien lady. Do you think I can sneak in? And I was like, I don't think so. It it seems like there's like four or five people at the door collecting tickets. And she's like, I think I can do it. And then I got a text a few minutes later like, no, they really stop you and make sure you have your $45 ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she thought she was just going to sneak in. Yep. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. So I'm sitting by myself. And Jimmy Church, (laughs) that hurts, (laughs) Jimmy Church, host of Fade to Black Radio, Mm -hmm. comes up to introduce Linda Moulton Howe. And do you want to explain who Jimmy Church is? Well, he's just one of these, you know, like kind of radio podcast personalities who has a bunch of these other people that we're talking about on his show all the time. And he's sort of a George Norrie type just in that he entertains all ideas and just, you know, wants to give them a platform to talk about it and also seems to be pretty credulous about all this. (laughs) Yeah, that seems right. Okay, so he introduces Linda Moulton Howe and I have a video of his introduction that I want to show you because it basically amounts to Linda talks a lot. A couple of months ago, we were here in Los Angeles uh, filming our new movie starring Linda uh, called The Observers. But that's not what was special about that. What was special about it was hanging out with Whitley Strieber. Whitley, stand up and say hello to everybody. And, And so we're there and we're filming. 
And then one night, Whitley goes, I got to shoot first thing in the morning church. I'm going to go home. So he leaves. And it left Richard Dolman, myself, and Linda Moulton Howe at the dinner table at a restaurant at about 9 o'clock at night. Restaurant closed at 10. Richard and Linda and I are still drinking and talking. Then it's 11 o'clock. Then it's 12 o'clock. Then it's 1 o'clock. Then it's 2 o'clock. We talked for six hours until 2.30 in the morning. And I had to pull Linda out of the restaurant. And this was the last thing she said as we're going. We got to, she goes, no, I got one more thing to say. I said, Linda. And, uh, and we took it to the bottom of the stairs at the hotel. And we continued down there, did we not? And that is Linda Moulton Howe. I love her to death. She's the very best. I'm off this stage. Please, 2022 Conscious Life Expo welcomes Linda Moulton Howe. Linda. So there you go. Linda talks a lot. <laughs> that was the right takeaway. I noticed that not only could we see in that video that you took Whitley Strieber yes. in front of you, but right next to him, Mr. Alan Steinfeld. He just shows up ah, everywhere. All right. Man yes. about town. Oh, I didn't notice him there, but yes, I'm sure he was. Okay, so that's how Jimmy Church introduced this talk. Here's how it was introduced in the program. Linda Moulton Howe's Strange UFO Abductions. America's Minuteman nuclear missile program has been haunted by UFOs from the late 1950s to the current day. During the 1960s and 1970s, UFOs frequently intruded into Minuteman nuclear missile sites in dramatic ways. In 1977, one senior airman, security specialist, and policeman, USAF Staff Sergeant Retired Mario Woods at Ellsworth AFB in South Dakota, along with his launch control facility leader, were ordered to investigate an alarm at a Minuteman missile site northwest of Rapid City, South Dakota. The two policemen encountered a huge round craft landed on the ground. Next came full-body paralysis in their Air Force truck, followed by transport into the UFO. Linda Moulton Howe is an Emmy Award-winning TV producer, <laughs> author, news, and YouTube channel reporter. She has devoted career to productions on science, medicine, the environment, and earth mysteries. She is reporter and editor of the award-winning Real X-Files news website, earthfiles.com. Linda's weekly YouTube channel broadcast has 200,000 subscribers. That is a long description, and sounds like she wrote a longer one, and they just had to cut it off somewhere. Oh, you think so? I don't know. It, just, it felt be. very uh, abrupt. Yeah, it feels like an encyclopedia entry. Okay, was she actually telling this story about this incident? Fuck if I know. I mean, parts of it seem to, yes, be those details, okay. but I find her very hard to follow. Yeah, well, and I think the deal with Linda Moulton Howe is whatever the program is, she'll just say whatever she's going to say. Yes, You totally. never know what will come out of her <laughs> face. We keep saying that. That was what the we overheard the MC at the Ozark Mountain Conference say that about Linda after the conference or after one of her talks, someone came up and said like oh i love linda moulton howe and he said you never know what'll come out of her face <laughs> that was, we never forgot it that was his uh, nice way of <laughs> stating his opinion of linda moulton howe but it was accurate yeah he's like how do i put this in a neutral way 
Okay, so yes, you noted Whitley Strieber was in the audience. Mm -hmm. So we would hear from him very quickly because Linda shares with us that this is her first event back in matter space, as she puts it, because we've been... Quarantined. Yeah, virtual. Matter space. Okay. (laughs) It's her first one since 2019. And so she's kind of fighting with the technology. This is kind of new to her again. Oh, uh uh-huh. Fair enough. I did... By the way, remember, oh, wait, put your Ross cap on. What's something you would need to know? You would want to know what she's wearing. Yeah, what she's wearing. Because I never get the visuals. <laughs> Not because <laughs> Ross is constantly asking women what they're wearing, but because <laughs> I never picture it. Okay, so she has black pants, a floral blouse, and a leather jacket. She's always got that leather jacket. Yes. You know it. Okay, thank you. That's the detail I needed. Good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so and, and we should say, you know, she's now eighty, yeah. but she's always got a dark head of hair, mm-hmm. and and always like fully coiffed, like always. Mm-hmm. You would not see this woman without a full head of makeup, done up hair, yeah, yeah, bold lipstick, yep. And does she wear glasses? I'm picturing her with big glasses, and then I'm questioning it. That's a good question. Yeah, she feels like someone who would be wearing crazy cat eye glasses, but that might not mean she wears them. Uh, On this panel, she is wearing glasses, but they are like reading glasses. Yeah, they don't look nuts. But yeah, a lot of work went into uh, styling that hair. Definitely. Okay, so before we get to Whitley, she does get a few things out before she enlists his help. She tells us that there are government people here at the conference. Oh. And in fact, she hears from them. Oh, including you. Here. I assume that was mostly You're one of me, them. You're but, adding to Or that. maybe entirely me or maybe one of many. Um, him and him and him, but mostly me. Right. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if there's anyone else at this conference sitting there going like, hey, 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 that was me. <laughs> there's gotta be. <laughs> there's gotta be. That's how this happens. Yeah, right. Exactly. Okay, so she tells us that three weeks ago, someone called and told her that this year there will be a congressional hearing on UFOs. Okay. So we can look for that. Yep. All right. Put that in the predictions. So I think this is where she was fighting with the technology and she threw to Whitley Strieber in the audience to kind of warm up the crowd for her while she and the IT guy kind of went over her computer. Okay. So Whitley Strieber gets to a microphone and if you don't know Whitley... He is just one of the most captivating people, I think. One of the most captivating people because he's Mm. just so earnest. Mm -hmm. He's clearly having a very real experience. And he has been having abduction and abduction-like experiences for most of his life. The guy's in like his 70s, 80s. -hmm. And he's been having these experiences since like his 20s or 30s. And there are some really solid physical explanations for what he experiences I would suspect something like temporal lobe epilepsy. Okay, 76. Okay, 76. But when he gets up and talks about these experiences, which he sees as totally spiritual and otherworldly, just he gets so animated and so Mm -hmm. alive and he's so sincere. And he's talking about his dead wife, who he can still speak to through various channels. And he's just so captivating. So he gets up and I'm like, oh, good with these streamer, here we go. So he immediately knows what he needs to tell us, which is that there is a second Earth that layers over this current Earth, and he has visited it. Recently, he was in his bedroom when suddenly he was transported outside of his apartment and onto the street where he was driving his own car, and 
all of the scenery around him, which he's used to because it's near his house, looked totally different, but it was like parallel. So where there might have been Michigan Street, there was now Montana Street. Now I'm just really worried about him having a driver's license. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was clear that like you're describing like a dream. But with epileptic-like visions like that, apparently they feel really, really real. Yeah. So he's telling us about how he was like walking down the street and he could see how everything was the same but different and it was like so trippy Mm. and he realized he must be in this parallel universe and he talked to a police officer and even the police officer knew that Whitley was a visitor from the other dimension and he was so kind and so he'd had this really wild experience. Cool. And then he says, and the next thing I know, I was just in my living room. It's like, oh, yeah, you were like sleepwalking, dude. Yeah. You know? Why can't that be the most rational takeaway? <laughs> right. You have to make a whole second universe <laughs> overlaid yeah. on top of ours. Yeah. All right. So as he's saying this, though... A voice calls out from the middle of the room, and I can't hear what they're saying, but it's this woman who thinks she has something to add, and she's going like, yes, yes, it's exactly like, I'm making this up, but it's exactly like the Dakota incident of (laughs) 1926. You know, she thinks she's contributing. Mm -hmm. So he's nodding at her and kind of giving her a hand like, that's enough. Okay, Uh, simmer down. Yeah. And I look over and it's the parrot lady. (laughs) And she has her parrot on her shoulder drinking water out of her huge tumbler. (laughs) It's just such a sight. Only at the Conscious Life Expo. (laughs) You'll see so many things, a whole menagerie, sometimes in Including animals. Here I am trying to listen to Linda Moulton Howe, but I've got Whitley's dream who's being interrupted by a lady with a parrot. It would only be better if the parrot joined in on the conversation. <laughs> the parrot probably had equally useful things to add. Like the incident. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so eventually Linda gets her computer working, and thank God she did, because if she hadn't, we wouldn't be able to see video of her looking at the camera telling me the stuff that's also on her script. Okay. All right. This is what she loves to do. There are these somewhat highly produced videos of her talking to the screen, telling you stuff. Okay. While she stands there and kind of watches herself. At a couple times, the video would duck out, and then she'd say, well, that's okay. I've got it written down here. And then she'd read it to us. <laughs> okay. It's like, we didn't need a video, Linda. You, you got Linda. You got the on-screen Linda. Yeah. It's like another world. <laughs> like the incident. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Wait, um, wait. I got to write this prediction in our prediction sheet. Okay, oh, good so idea. Linda Moulton Howe says she was informed... That a congressional panel... Congressional hearing on UFOs is how I wrote it down. Hearing on UFOs would happen in 2022. Okay. Yeah, so on that same note, she tells us that the threat levels of UFO are finally being publicly investigated. Finally. Yeah, finally being embraced by all levels of government. And she tells us that there are friendly, neutral, and malevolent aliens here on Earth right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. She says that the first A-bombs opened up new dimensions in space-time. Yes. The first atomic bombs. We know that. So aliens had to get involved. We started it. Mm -hmm. But now the war is rolling, and so we have enemies. They answered the call and... 
faster than the speed of light, they came over. It's interesting, though. A lot of this will focus on nuclear arms races, which does feel like slightly prescient because this was before the Mm. Russia-Ukraine thing really hit its bad stride. Yeah, at one point in the panel, I'm going to tell you about Whitley Strieber mentioned that Putin wanted to invade Ukraine. Oh, yeah. And I guess we all knew that at the time, but still feels very prescient. Yeah. So these aliens are also mad because we have been hitting them with microwave attacks. Have we? U.S. in in particular has been trying to bring down UFOs with microwaves. Oh. So then Linda starts showing us one of her videos. It is, of course, of her. It stops. It dies. And she says, oh, but I have on the same earrings and I have the same script right here. (laughs) She starts reading it to us. Okay. What a character. (laughs) She starts telling us some of these anecdotes of people that she's met who have told her very long-winded stories about the UFOs they've seen, and she's going to tell us every detail of them. This is really her bread and butter, though, because she's constantly got new, late-breaking news, and yeah. it has to all come from these people approaching her and yeah. telling her stuff. Right. Some of whom are probably sincere and mistaken, some of whom are probably carry poppies of the world, and some of whom are real? Like... That has to be our third option, but I think it's vanishingly small. Well, and the fourth option would be that she makes stuff up. Oh, right, 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 right. And yet I... The Linda Moulton Howe and me doesn't want to think that. I want to think it's all coming from actual people. Yeah. That she's embellishing. I think she's maybe a natural embellisher. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Motivated reasoning Mm -hmm. can take you all the way there. Like, you know, okay, well, that fits into this narrative and I'm going to help it get there. Right, yeah. So one of these guys that she's recently talked to was a guy named Bob Salas who told her what happened in World War II, but he told her in the 1990s. I looked him up and he had released some press release about having been in like the Air Force and having something to say about UFOs. It doesn't seem like he's gotten much traction from anyone but Linda Moulton Howe. Okay. But I don't know. He seems sincere to me. Who knows? So as she's telling us about Bob Salas, the parrot lady shouts out something and Linda just ignores her. We've all figured out, like, (laughs) don't indulge the parrot lady. Okay, so Bob Salas apparently was underground in some sort of military position. Okay. And a UFO was overhead and he didn't actually see the UFO, but he got a call from someone above ground who was like, a UFO was just here. Great story. (laughs) I don't think we even heard like, okay, what's the name of the guy who was above ground? Like, at least let's start with that person's story because that's the actual story. Wow. Right? But we're just talking about Bob. (laughs) Then then you have the possibility that somebody above ground was playing a prank on someone below ground. Yep. And that has changed the direction of this man's life. Yep. Could be that. Could be someone saw a bright light and got overwhelmed and then was embarrassed and didn't correct themselves. Could be a billion things. But most of them are boring. Right. But she says Project Blue Book, which is one of those UFO reports. Yeah. It doesn't have record of several UFO crashes that she knows about from her whistleblowers. So you know you can't trust it. Okay. It's not... (laughs) Okay. It's not comprehensive. All right. Okay? Because it doesn't... It doesn't have anything about the dog and cat programs, for example. No, it doesn't. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So the reason this is all happening is that we are shooting down UFOs to get their technology. Mm. 
And the UFOs want some of our technology as well. And we'll get into that second aspect in a bit. Interesting. Yeah, I just feel like any civilization that is mastered faster than light space travel isn't too envious of our technology yeah or too vulnerable to our weapons but okay but we made an a-bomb you see they are so advanced that they don't want to be violent oh okay all right but we developed the a-bomb rip in space time we started it okay at this point, she also lost her video again. IT guy had to go help her again. I just had this ridiculous thought that I need to like volunteer to be an IT guy at the Conscious Life Expo because <laughs> they're it. they're clearly in high demand, uh-huh. and uh, I don't know. It just seems like you might get some fun stories out of it. Yeah, it is fun to have someone saying like. We have such great technology. We're shooting down aliens. Can you help me with this PowerPoint? <laughs> right. I can't understand these I feel like functions. every talk starts with some fight with technology. Yeah. Okay, so another reason that the ETs care about our nuclear technology is because we are in a multidimensional universe. True. And just as she was saying earlier, every bomb tears into other dimensions and hurts them. Okay. But there is one group of aliens that doesn't hate us, that does want to support us, they're our allies, even though they don't like what we're doing. Do you want to guess what group of aliens that is? Doesn't hate us, the Nordics. The Nordics. Hey! hey. How'd you know? Because I listened to her on the panel. Okay. So- where she talked about the tall Nordics and the tall blondes. God. <laughs> There's Which, like I think there's so many people in the UFO community that wish she would probably stop, stop talking oh, about we saw them at, the Nordics um, and the Blondes. Yeah, what was it? It was a contact in the desert. People like were finally stopping yeah, one another and being like, this sounds racist. Let's not mention those aliens. Yeah, let's not talk about how great the white aliens <laughs> are versus the non-white aliens. It sounds really bad. <laughs> And <laughs> I'll have another good one for you from Whitley Streeper in the panel. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, he also talked about the Nordics in his <laughs> moment on. Yeah. So here's the thing, too. I think probably all this stuff just got handed down over and over and over. And they're not thinking like white people better, probably. Mm-hmm. But they're also During not. During the 60s, all the sightings around that time tended to include Tall, very blonde, Uh very beautiful people, kind of like we talked about in our Pyridine-related story with the Semyazi, Uh the the tall, voluptuous alien who showed up. And Billy Meyer had a beautiful blonde alien with the same name. And this is a very common thread in sightings around that time, and it's just kind of stuck around in the lore. Yeah. So you have your gray aliens, but you also have these tall people who just look like Vikings. So physics shows that there are more frequencies slash dimensions. Yes. (laughs) Physics shows that. Probably not in the way you're thinking. And bombs damage them. It's weird because we've had so few bombs detonated in relatively recent history. Like, you know, there was a lot of testing that went on. Then we had a nuclear testing ban. Now it's very exceedingly rare for a nuclear weapon to go off. Oh, right. The aliens are sticking around, though. Yeah. Well, you know, a day is like a thousand years. Oh, that's God. God's eyes or maybe the reverse. Okay, so now the parrot lady shouts a question. Good. Is she the only person in the audience (laughs) making herself known? Yeah, oh yeah, she's the only one shouting out, and there's probably like 50 of us there. Okay. Stephen Hawking was worried about the god particle ripping into other dimensions. She's the parrot lady. So she really feels this talk is just for her. (laughs) 
and sating her curiosity. I also really wonder if that's exactly how Stephen Hawking would have put it. I'm worried about the god particle ripping into other dimensions. I don't remember that. I remember him expressing concern about alien civilizations wanting to attack us. Oh, being yeah. Being colonizers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, he wouldn't have said that or about <laughs> the quote-unquote god particle. Right. Okay. So Linda hears this parrot lady question and she defers to Whitley. Okay. I don't know why exactly, but, and he stands up. Oh, he's just ready. Okay. The wand's been passed to me. Absolutely. I can take up time. So he says that he's been in that other mirror universe, so he knows it's there. And he just stands up and starts engaging directly with Parrot Lady. She's feeding her parrot on her shoulder. <laughs> Linda Molnau's fighting with her video. What a world! <laughs> this is $45. <laughs> wow. So I start recording Whitley Streamer and then trying to record the Parrot Lady, which makes me do these very big I'm taping something motions, which of course makes the IT people come over and be like, no, 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 no videos, no videos. Oh, okay. Yeah. Didn't know they were enforcing that. I think only if you're being this obvious about it, which I kind of had to be because Parrot Lady's all the way behind me and sure. I have to just full body pivot. <laughs> so now I'm being reprimanded. Parrot Lady's screaming. Whitley's troopers in the mic. Linda's fighting with her video. It's just bedlam. I guess it was during this moment that Whitley also mentioned that he can still sometimes see the other world. He can choose to. But one thing that helps him is if there's lots of sunlight, that's when he's more able to do it. Which makes you wonder, is he saying something about a possible brain condition that it's affected by sunlight? Yeah, I mean, because usually the theory around him is temporal lobe epilepsy Mm -hmm. or something like it. And epilepsy, of course, is like super responsive to light. Yeah. And we've mentioned that he's experienced abductions his whole life, but we should also mention that he's best known as the author of Communion, that famous book. His book about that. That had the gray alien on the front with that haunting artwork of the giant eyes. Yeah. Uh, So that's the Whitley Strieber we're talking about. He's there at the conference. He's the best. So yeah, he can see this other world if he looks at sunlight and then he's like, but I can't do it too much. I messed up an eye doing it. Oh no, you like stared at the the sun sun or something. That's another thing. A lot of people are into that, staring at the sun. My high school slash middle school friend who was into the urine therapy Uh was also really big on staring directly at the sun. (laughs) How are they? And telling me it's actually a really good for you thing, you know. Oh, no. How are they doing? I, I don't think he would have admitted to me if something had gone wrong gotcha. with it. yeah. I haven't checked in with him in a while, though. And that man? Donald J. Trump. <laughs> yeah, I went to middle school with John, Donald J. Trump. He's a late bloomer. Okay, so there was an extremely long clip now of Linda Moulton Howe interviewing a source... Mario Anthony Woods Jr. And, oh, I wish that you could have seen this. I was like, oh, Ross would hate these illustrations. So (laughs) (laughs) someone had drawn, maybe he had drawn illustrations of the aliens Uh that he had seen. They were, I mean, my standards are low and they were not good. Wow. Yeah. I just wrote down, true illustrations of what's being described, not terribly good. (laughs) Okay, so I think... If I could even follow his story, I think just basically he was abducted in 1977. The year Star Wars came out. Oh, is that right? No one was thinking about aliens. (laughs) That seems like something to explore (laughs) before she assumes 
<laughs> that aliens are real and visiting this planet. <laughs> so Mario is being interviewed. <laughs> and she lets it go on for so long. It's too long. Time is immaterial. It's just another dimension, Carrie. <laughs> oh, I never thought about it like that. And I still won't. So... What was really interesting, I kind of was fighting with myself about like, do I appreciate this about Linda? I guess in the end, I appreciate it about her. It's helping me bear through this clip. (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. Here's what I sort of appreciate about her and sort of resent about her as a public speaker. Yeah. She was asking Mario for every goddamn detail about this alien. The number of fingers it has. Did it have skin or scales? What's the color of the skin? How tall are they? Oh, you said there's two. Hang on. You told me the height of the tall one. Did you tell me the height of the short one? Okay. Oh, interesting. So the tall one is, you said, between five and a half and six feet. So normal human height, but you called them the tall one. So when you say the short one, you really mean the shorter one. I mean, I was just like, oh my God. I mean, and that's great. She's asking for those details of him, but do we have to watch it? Right. She needs to show up so I don't have to. There we go. Here's what I need from her. Make a chart. Synthesize. Show me the chart. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need to hear you stopping him every few seconds. just give us the interesting salient details. Right, right. So... Did you ever see the Australian movie The Castle? No, but people keep telling me to see that. It's a great one. Yeah. There's a character who just... Anytime you tell him a story, he'll stop you and just ask you for incidental details that are of no consequence, but he's just insanely curious. Well, we took the plane over to come see you. Oh, what kind of seats did you sit on? They reclined. They were comfortable. What color were they? Oh, well, they're yellow. What kind of fabric was on them? It's like, okay, you're like trying to tell a story and you just keep <laughs> This was exposition. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's yes, Linda. That's her. And on a certain level, like it's good sourcing, right? Mm-hmm. It's good that she's getting this info, but I yeah. don't need to watch it all play by play. But she's also somebody showing you their vacation photos. Yeah. She's definitely just proud of being in touch with all these people and she probably feels like she's a bit of a doorway to the secret world, which has got to be very exciting. So that's, you know, her burden and her mission, but also, hey, all these people are so excited to see me. I'm just going to share everything that is in my head. There's a lady with a parrot on her shoulder. I'm sure that's fine. Mm -hmm. Okay, so as Mario tells his story, apparently during the abduction, he also passed out. And so he says, I saw like I had tunnel vision and I heard the words do not fear in my head and I could tell it was in my head. So I think it was telepathy and it was the aliens speaking to me through my head and the aliens moved me around and I was in this dark, cold, jello-like kind of substance and I felt dread. So that sounded to me like sleep paralysis. Yeah. Where your, your muscles aren't really responding to the signals you're giving them. Dark jello-like substance. Mm, That sounds creepy. And later, Linda would say, I've heard that before, the jello thing. So I'm thinking like, oh, that makes sense. Like sleep paralysis, you kind of have a little bit of a sense that you can move your muscle, but not fully. And that's probably what it would feel like. You're not moving in air, you're moving in some viscous substance. Exactly. It's interesting. I had a nightmare when I was a kid that involved the Care Bears. I was watching an episode of the Care Bears, I think, that kind of stuck with me. And like, they got stuck in these sort of gelatin star-like things and I remember feeling like I was stuck in it so now I'm just wondering was this me as a little kid having a similar experience I don't know 
Yeah, hard to know. Have you seen the Care Bears movie recently? No. Oh, my God. It's yeah. so great and yeah. so strange. It's so deep in the middle of satanic panic, and there's lots of elements of that. Okay. Yeah, check it out. I will. Okay, so then Linda remembers a 1975 call she got from her brother. So Linda was working in Boston. She was working in TV. And her brother calls and says, Linda, a UFO came to our military base. The craft was the size of a football field. That's a big craft. Yeah, it's a really, really big craft. Okay. So again, I'd like to talk to Linda's brother about that story. Mm-hmm. Not as much to Linda. Yes. Okay, fair. You know, it's just she's sim- the one here. She's the one, she's the one here. Yes, I know. But I just mean like she tends to get like a little bit one step removed sometimes. Mm, from, yeah. Like mm-hmm. if you're going to tell me the story, tell me the story. She's just our conduit to these unapproachable characters with these right. very important stories. Right. So she hypothesizes, by the way, that the Jello is a disinfecting agent. <laughs> The leaps her mind makes. You like instead of even considering. Yeah. Maybe it's that thing that my haters say. Maybe it's that sleep paralysis Mm -hmm. thing. Maybe I should at least eliminate that rhetorically before I jump to disinfecting jello. It's more fun to say disinfecting jello. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she's got that going for her. So back to Mario. She tells us that Mario has been given. 50 dreams about this event since it happened. Wow, he keeps count. Yeah, and the 50 dreams are direct messages from the ETs. So then she starts just asking him about these minute details about the dreams. So we're still watching her video. Yeah, we're going back and forth between her video and, and live Linda, who, by the way, has the same earrings. And she's just still like, so, okay, then in this dream... How many aliens were there and what kind of skin did they have and what are their fingers like? I'm like, this is just a dude's dream. Why are we still treating this as source material? Here's an interesting fact. ETs love to collect old Earth shit like TVs and trophies especially. Oh, like someone might collect Disneyana. Yeah, I love this thought of like an ET sitting around with their like thrift store art. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, look at this plate I got with Elvis. Yeah. And I got a matching one with Lucille Ball. <laughs> exactly. Pretty cool, right? Yeah, so I love the thought of these aliens collecting all of our old like yeah. idiosyncratic trash. Memorabilia. Yeah. And it's probably just all the wrong stuff. Like they've got the works of L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, aliens can control gravity. Okay, sure. Yeah, no, no. That's what I wrote in my notes. Then I wrote, it's 7.33 and this video is still going on. So the IT guy goes up and whispers to Linda. Yeah. Like, I I need you to stop this boring ass video that's been making the same point. I think with Linda, you need to have a shepherd's crook ready just to pull her off the stage. Exactly. She'll just keep going. Like, this is life for her. (laughs) It really is. And she will squeeze every detail out of every memory or dream or whatever and divine these like huge, larger lessons. So at one point, Mario says that he struggled to move his arm in a vision. Mm-hmm. One of these visions he's having, he can't like quite do that. And Linda interprets this as him accidentally volunteering to be abducted, that he was like fighting to move his hand. They thought he was lifting his arm to volunteer, and they grabbed him and started experimenting, painful experiments on them. 
So it wasn't really them trying to be the aggressor. They misunderstood. I feel like the cleaning solution gel was a better leap <laughs> totally. than that one. Totally. Yeah, but then she's just so taken with the first thought that comes into her mind. Right. And that was it. That's exactly what happened. She's also a master of the rhetorical question. Could this mean mm-hmm. that the aliens are trying to get us to volunteer for projects? Could it? That came up in the Kelly Brown talk. Oh. Like all of these just, you know, I can state this as a rhetorical question. Yes. Therefore, yeah. I've done all the work. Yeah. You accept what I have to say, but I haven't actually said anything. Right. Yep. At least she is willing to say more and not just leave everything up to rhetorical question. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she finally gives us the message from the aliens that they want us to have with all this hullabaloo taking all of our people up into space. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. What's this all about? Our future is doomed if we keep using nuclear bombs. Okay. Ross is Googling, do aliens like bombs? So here's a chart of nuclear weapons tests over time. Mm. And as you can see, Mm. they have Hmm. stopped. So we got the message, aliens. (laughs) Like, you know, really peaked in uh, 1961. The United States was exploding a crap ton of them. Soviet Mm -hmm. Union got involved. Hmm. This went into the 80s, late 80s, and then it started to taper off. France was doing it a bit too, even a little bit from China. But then, yeah, it tapered off. Hmm. I see one from North Korea in like 2009. But yeah, it's not really a problem right now. Though, of course, we've got Russia invading Ukraine. Russia has a nuclear arsenal. Yeah, We're all nervous that this is going to become part of the conversation again. But... I feel like this is an outdated fear. Yeah. Well, not to the aliens. Okay. And then she goes on to summarize that aliens are harvesting metals from Earth. They've been doing this for millions of years. Yeah. But bombs changed everything. Just changed, you know, our whole relationship to the aliens. Okay. Oh, here's another chart that shows the above ground versus below ground uh, explosions. It does show a few more recent... North Korean underground nuclear explosions, mm-hmm. okay. but uh, I mean, completely dwarfed by the activity from the 50s through the late 80s. Huh, a period that would be right in the middle of Linda Bolton Howe's life. Career, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Okay, then we get, and this is in the total 11th hour of her presentation. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get her off the stage. <laughs> we get the closest thing I've ever seen from Linda Moulton Howe to an end times prediction. Oh, I feel like there is a fact with Linda when you're starting to pull her off the stage. She's like, let me say something really exciting. Oh. <laughs> and <laughs> right. you'll, you'll still want me. Right, right, right. Yeah, what did she have? I mean, in fact, what you just described is basically Jimmy Church's intro to Linda Moulton Howe. Yeah. She's always got right. one more thing. The restaurant closed three hours ago, but she's got another important thing she's been saving I, for you. I can't get rid of this friend. <laughs> That's my intro. Okay. so (laughs) But I find it endearing. Yeah, I think I have to. Okay, so it was this. In the year 2036. In the year 2036. There will be. There will be. A Micronovo? A Micronova. 
Have you heard of this? Yeah, she mentions it in the coming panel. Okay. Which I had never heard until reviewing this panel. You just said Micronova, which makes way more sense. I tried to look up Micronovo and got nothing. Yeah. Okay. It's a uh, disturbance on the surface of the sun. Okay, yes. She said it was a sustained pulsing of our sun. (laughs) That will hurt us. Uh-huh. And a CIA remote viewer told her this. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I can tell you it wasn't me. <laughs> uh, because I even feel the temptation to feed her information. This just must be her bread and butter that so many yeah. people hear and they're like, I want to influence these talks. Word to the wise, then you are stuck. <laughs> Don't do it. You feel like you have no way out. Okay, then she also says that humans have a core soul that the ETs don't have. We have what they want. They want our souls. Whoa, that's new. Okay. Right? They want our souls? And like, this is like... This is getting apocalyptic, Linda. Yeah, and religious. It sounds Mm -hmm. more like the action of demons or dementors or something like that. Right. And by the way, to me, much more interesting than the previous 90 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe focus more of your talk here instead of how many fingers they've got. They're trying to take me off the stage. I've got to say things that will make you want to hear more of me. (laughs) Um, Don't let me be alone. And her last thought, uh, speaking of being alone, her Uh last thought is that we need the Nordics at our conferences because they're our allies. The other aliens want to hurt us. The Nordics, they are our friends. I think there should be a whole section of the conference devoted just to those aliens called the Nordic track. (laughs) (laughs) See, I was getting somewhere. Exercise device. Oh, Linda Moulton Howe. Okay. Sorry you couldn't make it. So she um, still has an ongoing on-rack confidant feeding her information about dogs and cats. Oh, my God. Linda, please just Google it. Just (laughs) Google it. Like, spend two minutes figuring this out so I can stop. (laughs) Put Carrie out of her misery. Please. Wow. Check me. All right. Well, oh, my God. Thank I'm you saying for... the name of my whole podcast to you. <laughs> yeah, you broke it down. Amazing. But you know what would be better to get stuck in than disinfecting Jello? Let's see. Well, I'm thinking of things that are viscous, mm-hmm. fluids. Okay. It would be nice if it tasted good, if it were sweet. I'm going to well. say honey. Yes. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Honey. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of this new topic that just came up mm-hmm. organically, mm-hmm. this episode is sponsored in part by a company called Honey. Oh, and are they the ones that make that browser plugin? Well, that, yes, they are. That works for your computer, but also your iPhone? Yes, exactly. It's a free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Look, imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. Mm-hmm. Picture it. And when you check out... The honey button appears, and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Damn, picture it. Then you wait a few seconds as honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. Mm -hmm. And if it finds a working coupon, you just watch those prices drop straight into the pit of hell. And as I mentioned, honey doesn't just work on your desktop. It works on your iPhone, too. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. Yeah, honey's a good service. Yeah, and I've got it installed on my browser, and it's always there in the background. I don't even have Mm -hmm. to think about it. 
the, the other day, my wife and I were buying airline tickets and there was one of those referral, you know, spaces like to put your code in there. I was like, come on, honey. And I clicked <laughs> on it like, you got anything for me? It did not. I had, to, I had to pay the full price on Sad those story. airline tickets. But if it had them, it would have made itself known as yes. it does, which is really cool. I find it helps me a lot when I'm buying food. Oh, okay. Like food items. That's yeah. when I feel like honey's like at its best. Uh-huh. It'll like pop up and be like, hey, let me check these out for you. Bum, 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 bum. There you go. Saved you three bucks. Real wheelhouse for honey. Thanks, honey. Nice. And if you don't already have honey, you could be straight up just missing out. Maybe there's money you could be saving that instead is just whoop, 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 flying out of your pocket. Don't do that. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. That's right. I'd never recommend something that I wouldn't use myself. I would never. She'd never do it. So Maybe get, I'd do it, but probably not. Get honey for free at joinhoney.com slash oh no. That's joinhoney.com slash oh no, O-H-N-O. That's how you get a promo code on your promo codes. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Speaking of websites. We weren't. But now we are. You like them? I like websites. Yeah. I use them all the time. I, I like visit them, too. them And when I want to make one, you know a good way to do that. Mm, you get a mommy website and a daddy website. Mm-hmm. You put them together. I heard about this in third grade. Yeah, no, a common misunderstanding. That's biological reproduction. Okay. But website creation mm-hmm. involves a website that makes other websites. Mm, interesting. Right? Totally interesting. different process. Okay, so you take the website and you cut it in half at nope. a certain segment. Nope. And then it regenerates from wherever you cut it. That's asexual reproduction. Okay. Or... Worms. Worms, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, no, I know this one. Okay. Okay. You take the pistol of the website... And you gotta get a bee like to a, take some and move put it, it into stamen. Into, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's plant reproduction. Okay, then, no, I, then I, I don't know. How I to totally make a get website. the confusion there. Okay, well, you can make a website at another website called Squarespace. Oh, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that. All you have to do is go to squarespace.com. You start building, like, you can just start using the tools right then and there, mm. test them out, see if you like it, start playing with templates. Put in your text, you know, it could be like fake Latin to like hold your place. Right, or maybe right. you know what you want to say already. Maybe you're Linda Moulton Howe and you just, you contain <laughs> multitudes. You just turn on the tap and the water flows. You just start making it and you're like, I like these tools. You know what? I think I want to buy it. That's the Squarespace experience. I've had the experience myself and it's quite rewarding because they have really pretty templates and they're easy to use. It's this all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online And you got to stand out, people, okay? You Mm -hmm. want a beautiful website. You want to engage with your audience. You want to sell your stuff, but you need a good place to do it. And every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. You can create pro-level videos effortlessly. They have a video studio app that helps you make and share engaging videos to tell your story, to grow your audience, and to drive sales. Add online booking or scheduling for your class classes or sessions to your Squarespace website. Clients can easily see your availability or reschedule if needed, taking the hassle out of coordinating calendars. So head to squarespace.com/ono oh for a free trial 
And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code ONO, O-H-N-O, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace. When a website loves another website. All right, Carrie. Well, shall I tell you about this panel that happened on Sunday morning? Yeah, so... We got a DVD of this particular panel. We were looking at the coverage that they had available of the conference, and this one looked fantastic. Yeah, we weren't able to make it to this one. But we saw UFO disclosure, what's next? Yeah, what comes next? What comes next? I'm going to tell you what was on this panel on Sunday morning. Okay. From 9.30 to 11.30 in the plaza. This was a real who's who of the Conscious Life Expo. And you can tell because on this panel, you had five people featured on the cover. Oh, wow. Of the program itself. Of the program itself. So out of the 14 pictures on the cover of their program, five of them were present at this panel. Yeah, wow. Okay. Now, one of those is just Jimmy Church. Yeah. Because he was there to introduce... If you can't get Alan Seinfeld, you got to have Jimmy Church do mm, the introduction. Mm, Only absolutely. so many people can introduce at this conference. Here are my various friends who talk too much. And he told a more abbreviated version of the late night at the bar story. Oh, wow. Okay. But, you know, this is now his talking point and told us that it was Linda Moulton Howe's recent 80th birthday. So Yep. He told us that, too. She just never lets up. Okay. But we had other folks here. So he introduced them one by one and told us a tiny bit about them. But then the main moderator would show up and she'd give more details. But I guess I should first give you the description of this talk. Okay. All right. UFO disclosure. What's next? In recent years, great advancement has been made in UFO disclosure due to public pressure and the dedicated work of our researchers. Mm -hmm. A significant UAP legislation is included in the NDAA bill. However, contact, encounters, and abductions continue, and more questions need to be answered. What will be next in the UFO slash UAP and extraterrestrial field in this most significant time in history? Our exceptional panel will address what they are doing and what we can all do to progress in our understanding of our visitors, to learn more about their advanced sciences, and to move forward to conscious contact. Damn. Okay. Yeah, yeah big, big if true. Yeah, so UAP means unidentified aerial phenomena. Yeah, that's kind of like the new term of art. Yeah, for wh- UFO. Which I don't think buys you too much more acceptance. Right? You're not assuming that it's an object necessarily. Sure. But you're assuming that it's aerial. You know, if it's a reflection on the window, it's still not aerial. So, you know, something generated in your brain. It's not aerial. Right, right. It really just feels like that thing where, oh, we feel like a particular valence has been attached to Mm -hmm. the previous term. So even Mm -hmm. though the new term doesn't actually explain more, we just feel better about it. Yeah. And I think there's a bit of that. Sort of taking something that's built up connotation of maybe being a little like, ooh, out there. Saying like, now it sounds more official because we're calling it UAP. Yeah, yeah. Though come to think of it, I guess a mermaid sighting could also be unidentified aerial phenomenon. (laughs) Because that's our name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So our moderator was Serena Wright-Taylor. And she's been experiencing paranormal and UFO-related phenomena since childhood. Oh, wow. Okay. And apparently this was not her first Conscious Life Expo, Jimmy was saying. She's been involved for many years, 
blonde lady, seemed nice. She's also a producer and astrologer and specializes in Vedic studies and UFO research. Wow. Okay. Real Jill of all trades. Yeah. Yeah. Never know what, what you're going to get. What's her name again? Serena Wright Taylor. Okay. Good name. Yeah. And Jimmy also reminded us that we have had 20 years of the Conscious Life Expo. Yeah. That's wild. That's a long time. It used to be called something else. I forget what, like Conscious Life Meeting or something. Okay. But yeah. So the next person that then Serena introduced was Paula Harris, a photojournalist and investigative reporter in the field of ET-related phenomena research and the co-author of the book Trinity, the Best Kept Secret. Okay. Which I'm going to tell you all about in an upcoming episode because oh. I went to that panel and I bought the book. You know the best kept secret? Pretty much. Whoa. Yes, I do. I can't believe she put it I'm in not the book. Ga- I'm not going to keep it for long. Yeah. It's not going to be. It sounds like she's not keeping it very kept. It's very unkempt. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so then also introduced was Jacques Vallée, the famed UFO researcher. We've seen him at multiple conferences as well. Definitely a well-known figure in this world who started as a very legitimate astronomer and does seem to be like, you know, really talented guy. He's worked on technology. He was with DARPA, like helped in the early days of the Internet producing it. Like he's had his hands in a lot of interesting things over his many years. Mm. And he is now 82. Okay. And we've already talked. I can't picture him. Here's a picture. Here's a picture. Oh, that guy. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I was very excited to see him at the other panel that happened right after this one. So they pretty much left from here to go to that panel. Anyways, the description here is he's one of the most credible researchers in the UFO field. That's okay. funny that one they would say that. One of the most credible. I don't know, but that's also yeah. kind of a good nod to the fact that they don't have too many people who sure. have real credentials. Right, right. He was a senior researcher at DARPA. He has co-authored the book Trinity, The Best Kept Secret with Paula Harris. So there we go. We've got the two co-authors on this panel. Then they bring out... Caroline Corey, so that's kind of like almost two of your names put together. Yeah. And she's an author on consciousness, science, and energy medicine. Hmm. She's had paranormal experiences her entire life. Okay. And she's also been a guest expert on Unexplained and Ancient Aliens. Great. She's also got a new documentary coming soon. I'm really bummed they haven't put the trailer online yet because they were mentioning the trailer to this. A Tear in the Sky. Great name. Yeah. And I wrote it down and I had to like leave myself a note. Don't think that's Tear in the Sky. Right. Yep. I had the same thought. <laughs> that could also work. But yeah, she'll talk about that. That's pretty interesting. And Whitley Strieber then. Yeah, my man. Whitley Strieber, the author of Communion. And this is crazy. They said he wrote The Day After Tomorrow. I was like, that can't oh. be right because that's a major film. And sure enough, he wrote it along with Roland Emmerich, like the director of that film. I needed to look into this more. Like, did it come out right before the film? Was it written for the film? Was the film actually based on it? I don't know. (laughs) But that that was interesting. Uh, And he also has the Dreamland podcast. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Whitley. We've talked about him in previous investigations, and we'll talk about him even more now. And then, of course, Linda Moulton Howe. Linda Moulton Howe! So she needs no introduction at this point because you just spent good chunk of time with her but she's back 
and she's got her earthfiles.com, almost 200,000 followers on YouTube for the Earth Files channel. Um, almost. almost. By the time she sent her bio in for the program, it had reached 200,000. Hey, okay. <laughs> so uh, there we go. We've got our panel ready to go. But also, she's won many awards, including mm. last night, as of the time of that panel, oh. she won from the Conscious Life Expo the Truth in Media Award. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. We're good, happy for you. Good. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I don't think that she is actively telling lies in media. Yeah. So that's good. I think she's mistaken. Mistakens in media. That's my new award. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. She wins it. Yeah. So Serena Wright Taylor kicked us off with the topic of the day, which is what's next in the UFO field? Yeah. What's next? Because we keep talking about <laughs> disclosure, but we're still asking if it's real. I like the thought of just like gathering the aliens around and being like, we need, you know, we need like fresh blood. Yeah. Like, let's get some ideas popping. Yeah, like, what we what's do? next in like, UFOs? We've done crop circles. <laughs> we've done cattle mutilations. We've, what you got? What are you thinking? What are you thinking? We've been down and stealing people's bodies and taking them up and cutting them open and trying to take their souls. What's after that? Yeah, what you got? What you got? Can we grab like <laughs> monuments or like uh, public uh, landmarks and just lift them five feet off the ground? Huh? Does that sound fun? <laughs> Can we just like rearrange people's houses? They just go outside and the lawn's wrong. Hear me out. Hear me out. Whirlpools. Alien whirlpools. We heard you out, Jeff, and we're not glad we did. (laughs) So Serena was wanting to know about this new DOD program, Department of Defense, called, this was a mouthful, the Airborne Object Identification and Management Synchronization Group. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) I'm impressed that... I could not do that just from hearing it. Yeah, A-O-I-M-S-G. Okay. Oh, I missed the G. Okay, A-O-M-S-G. Yeah, pretty okay. much. And that's the successor of the UAP task force. She said, okay, so we have this program. How do you all feel about that? And she starts to editorialize on that a little bit herself, like giving her own opinion on this, saying like, all of you in the audience on the panel, we all know that they're real. We don't need to settle this question. We mm. don't need another task force to question it. But it's important to have this disclosure. We're glad this conversation is continuing. It gives it legitimacy. And then she says, you know, it's just wrong to keep people in ignorance about the truth and mm-hmm. the variety of life in the universe. So Paula is the first to take that question. And she's that co-author of the Trinity UFO book. She's got very tan skin, kind of, I don't know, how would you describe that hair? She's got bangs and sort of highlights on dark hair. Yeah, she's probably brunette, but with a lot of highlights, so it looks a little blonde. Maybe in her late 50s. Yeah. So she starts in saying, yeah, well, this is such a big topic, and I'm so glad to see like the New York Times covering UAPs, UFOs, Mm. because my kids don't even take me seriously until they see, like, public coverage of this. Sure. They don't read my books. They don't watch the films that I make. Aww. Yeah, and this comes up a few times in the talk. Like, Paola feels kind of Aww. ill-served that her kids don't take her seriously in this thing that she's so passionate about. Oh, buddy. <laughs> she thinks the New York Times for that, and, you know, by extension, the AOIMSG panel. It's great that we're having these conversations, and yet it bothers her that we're still talking about the craft and not what's inside the craft. She's like, we should be talking about the aliens themselves. Well, sure, if they're there. And, you know, when are we going to talk about the reasons for these visitations? Yes, but we've already 
you know, come to the conclusion. We know for sure that aliens are real. So right. let's have this more interesting conversation and stop trying to establish if they're actually there. Yeah, let's center on the particular issue that, you know, makes me excited. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And Jacques Vallée, by the way, I should mention that he was also the inspiration for the French UFO investigator character in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, never seen it. Okay. And in that movie, you can actually see J. Allen Hynek, who was a famous UFO researcher. And again, one of those more legitimate people mm -hmm. who came from a real astronomy background who was quite taken with the whole... UFO story. So he actually shows up in the film. Oh, fun. And Jacques Vallée is represented by this character who's kind of modeled after him. So yeah, that's a fun little bit of history. Anyway, so he's in agreement that, that this should be a mainstream topic, but that eventually we'll get to the place where more legitimately we can talk about abductions, materials from UFOs, and not just sightings. Mm -hmm. So they're all kind of frustrated that like this hasn't really taken off as a study. And then he was talking about a paper that he co-wrote with a Dr. Nolan that was on materials recovered from spacecraft. And he said it was published in an actual journal. And I meant to look that up, but I haven't yet. But he said it took three years of approval to get published in a journal. But he mm. said, well, now we've done it, though, because everybody else who's tried to write one of these papers for a serious journal has been rejected. Mm. So we've broken through that hey, ceiling. Okay. <laughs> that was like a real hurrah moment. You know, we've passed the torch onto the next generation now. It's up to them to get to the next landmark. And did he say what the article was about? Or Yeah, like materials recovered from UFOs. Oh, okay, what they were made Material of. Material science, yeah. Got it. Okay, it looks like the paper is called What Do We Know About the Material Composition of UFOs? Okay. Based on a report from Paris in 2017, presents three categories of UFO-related materials. Metallic samples recovered from molten masses that were ejected by... Aerial objects, implants ranging from bits of wire to small structured devices, sometimes encapsulated in organic material, and thirdly, large structural pieces claimed to have been found at the site of catastrophic crashes of craft. So, okay, that was their paper, I guess. And Okay, I also see one that they were on in January 2022. Okay. Improved instrumental techniques, including isotropic analysis applicable to the characterization of unusual materials with potential relevance to aerospace forensics. Okay. Oh, yeah. That was in Progress in Aerospace Sciences, Volume 128. Oh, there we go. Okay, that must be the journal publishing he's talking about. And I guess that took him three years to get uh, approved. Wow, okay. I wonder if they had to tone down some of the UFO language. Yeah, that's kind of how this looks. Yeah, from that title, Aerospace Sciences. Relevance to Aerospace Forensics. Okay, yep, that's interesting, though. That's kind of like that creation textbook that they changed to intelligent design. Mm -hmm. Just to try to get it past the censors, so to speak. Okay. And thus launched a new branch of thought. Indeed. Or at least an old one repackaged. Right. Okay, so then Caroline Corey, who's had her own personal experiences and has her Tear in the Sky documentary coming out in just a couple months. She had dark hair, but she kind of reminded me of Phoebe from Friends. Oh, okay. Sort of mm -hmm. like just a similar sort of attitude and way of holding her face. And I don't know, it just reminded me of her. So she's also happy about these panels and the public attention 
to UAP. She says it's nice not to be labeled as crazy. But she says, still, government admissions aren't close to what should be done. We're still at like this whole unexplained phase. She's like, it's Mm. not unexplained. We all know. Mm. And so she said, you know, we have to take it upon ourselves. We're the real ones moving this forward. So what I did, me, Caroline, is I got a group together and we had all this equipment, $700,000 worth of equipment. Okay. Like eight FLIR a cameras. A turkey baster. <laughs> no, she lists them. We have eight FLIR cameras. That's the forward-looking infrared. Right. Uh, regular cameras, night vision, magnetometers, spectrum analyzers, acoustic detectors. She has to think, oh, what else? What else do we have? Oh, yeah, we had a radiation detector. Yeah. So DVD player. We went to <laughs> cell phone charger. We went to three sites over five days, and we just filmed nonstop. Like, we just essentially it sounds like they just pointed these devices at the sky okay. and just captured a bunch of raw data. Okay. And she said, we were able to capture capture anomalous events okay okay still sounds like you're just pointing devices at the sky like ghost hunters yep and she said we found all kinds of correlations and (laughs) she said okay so you know it's not enough to prove anything if you're just some person with a cell phone that you point in the sky if you can have multiple devices that are giving you different readings on the same object, uh, okay. this will be far more convincing. That is better. So we would capture something visually, but then we would register like 42 MeV with a different detector. And so that tells you this is something special and it's not confirmed. It's not like an airplane. It's not anything from NASA. It's not a solar flare. So what we have a mm. real, and that's all like she Like a can- bird? I mean, you <laughs> still haven't eliminated so many things in this world. Right. And that's all she can refer to it as is correlations and anomalies. But she's so excited. And she says, now we have hundreds of hours of data that we've collected from all these devices. So it's going to take us a long time to get through it. But you know, we're doing the work. I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, I, just keep him busy. I hope you didn't really pay $700,000 for all that. Well, I'll give her this. It does mitigate one factor, which is the artifact on the lens phenomenon, where someone shows you a picture there and you says, go. look at this. I see a ghost in this picture of my bureau. Yep, and yep. then you have to wonder like, okay, well, it's just this one camera. So am I dealing with something actually in the space? Am I dealing with something on the lens? Am I dealing with something with the light hitting this lens? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So at least she's helping to eliminate that. And conceptually, I totally agree. Like if you have multiple cameras, multiple videos capturing the same thing from different angles, that helps a lot. Mm -hmm. It gives you a lot more data. It gives you like the parallax of the different perspectives. Also, it's harder to fake. If Mm -hmm. you're going to fake one, faking two is at least twice as hard. Yeah. So I went to look at the website for her Tear in the Sky documentary. And was dismayed to see that it features William Shatner. Oh, wow. She interviews him. And Michio Kaku. He does this. Oh, uh, I know that name. I feel like all the time. Like he's a physicist of some note who shows up in a lot of documentaries. And I think he just likes to be on screen and they can get him for these kind of more pseudoscience-y documentaries. And he doesn't put up too much of a fight. So I I shook my head at both of them. But she told us that with this footage, she was able to capture actual Tic Tac-like objects. (laughs) Were they Tic Tacs? I saw Tic Tac-like objects at the gas station recently. They were about a dollar for a little pack. 
Well, for anyone who listened to my interview with Mick West, you may remember there was like a famous Tic Tac UFO video that was one of the ones released by the Navy had this object that was just kind of long and roughly oval in shape and yeah, kind of looked like a Tic Tac. Gotcha. So she's like, well, we caught one of those. And we also caught anomalous events that look like a wormhole. Oh, come on. Just pointing stuff at the sky. So I'm wondering if her documentary that's supposed to be released in a month is just going to be her analyzed footage from these data collection, these anomaly hunting things. But it's like, is she that confident that she's going to find something interesting or useful to put in her documentary? Yeah, I wonder if she's just given herself a sell-by date. So she'll get it done. (laughs) Maybe. So then Whitley Strieber, he chimes in and says that the silence from the Air Force is appalling. But he wants to clarify that they're not necessarily all bad people, that they've been following the law and has put them in the situation where they look like the bad guys. Mm, Okay. And so they've had to be silent and that the secrecy then became institutionalized. And so he said, we just can't rely on the government for that much. We have to ask about all of these other aspects of the alien experience, like contactees. Where do they fit in? Of course, Mm -hmm. that's what he is. So, of course, he's going to advocate for that. And he says that's not the same as abduction. And he notes that there there seems to be less abduction happening nowadays. Mm. He at least gives a nod to that. And he kind of alludes to maybe having ideas about why that's the case, but he doesn't elaborate on them here. Yeah, why were there more in 1977? (laughs) Yeah. What could have been going on? Yeah, maybe it's like a cultural trend thing and it's just sort of played out. Yeah. And then he tells us it's not just like angels and demons where you have good aliens and bad aliens. It's far more complicated than that. And he references my amazing wife, Anne, you know, like anywhere he is. He's going to talk glowingly and lovingly and longingly about his... And currently. Yes, about his dearly departed wife. He feels that he still speaks to her and she visits him in the form of a moth, which I think is so beautiful. Yeah, it's very sweet, uh, his ongoing love for Anne. But he said that something that was really interesting. He said, I've never fully understood what her role was. That like oh. somehow like huh. she was intended to be part of all this or yeah. somehow was orchestrated. That's the sense I got huh. from what he was saying. But he said that she insisted on two things as he was writing, that he keep the question open uh, of what all this is and that he called the book Communion. That was her mm. idea. So mm-hmm. that was interesting. So you mentioned the contactee versus abduction thing. Mm-hmm. My impression of that has always been the people who say they were abducted, it was like a totally bad experience against their will. And the contactee is like a broader category that at least allows for positive experiences. Yeah, and abduction, I mean, per the term, involves them taking you away somewhere, whereas you can contact an alien and see it without being taken away. Good point. But yeah, I think there definitely is a there between negative and positive experiences. Mm -hmm. So here's where we get interesting. He says that there is one human species in this universe with many races, meaning like not talking about Earth, but he's saying that like the aliens are part of the human species and they're distributed throughout the universe. Oh. And we're just one 
of the races. Oh, he said something like this when he jumped up to talk to Parrot Lady, but I didn't quite grok it. Now I'm seeing how it fits with this. Yeah, so okay. he's trying to like include all aliens as being like part of our same species. Okay, that's interesting. So that allows for us copulating with them. Good point. Yeah, because yeah. that's usually a little plot hole there. Like, how did you have babies? Right. Because if they evolved on some other planet, we should be completely incompatible right. with their gen- genetic material. Interesting. And I noticed something in this panel that Whitley Strieber is really good at like ending with a mic drop kind of like yes, statement. Yes, he is. Like he says something really powerful, memorable, well-crafted, and then leaves that there to linger in the air. Yeah, and he pulls out the end of his words yes. to say, there's only one species but many races. <laughs> so in this case, yeah, he said that, but then he left us all with, we are all on a journey, and will we continue to in these bodies? That is why they have emerged mm. to help answer this question. Mm. But it's like, wow, okay, so profound. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Whitley. All right, now it's Linda's turn. And at this point, the moderator had asked everybody just to like, eh, tell us a bit about yourself and your general thoughts on- Oh, no. <laughs> you got to be like, Linda, how old are you and what's your favorite soup? And then maybe you'll get a four-minute answer. Oh, my goodness. So we got an eight-minute answer. Because oh, wow. she's just like, well, my oh, turn to talk now. Yep. I'm going to talk. Here we go. So, yeah, everybody else had kept themselves to like two or three minutes. And she's just off to the races. So- she starts telling her origin story. You know, 43 years ago, I found out about these cattle and horse mysteries around Denver with like the bloodless animals being found. And she talked to like a particular police officer and mm. he was the one who told her like, oh, I'll tell you what they are. This is aliens. They're the ones doing this. Oh my gosh. This police officer has no idea what they spurned. What? <laughs> what? Spawned? Spurred? Spurred? Spooged? <laughs> they have no idea what they did. This was all in 1979. And so then she created her film, A Strange Harvest. It just blew up and changed yeah. her life. Yeah. She said so many things. I won't say all the things she said because then I'd Good. be going on for eight minutes. <laughs> but she'll name drop. She'll jump from person to person talking about this expert from which agency. So a lot of that. So this was really weird. She said that the Space Force of the United States, starting in 1972. Nope, nope. And I'm thinking, what? Nope. No, that's a very recent. That was a Donald Trump thing. Branch, Okay has been going with the help of tall whites and tall Nordics into other solar systems. And we have a presence in guess how many other solar systems. Oh, man. Okay. Just on this side of the Milky Way, in in case you were thinking farther out. Okay. How many other solar systems do we, through our space force, which started in 1972, with the help of the tall Nordics and the tall blondes, have a presence in okay my first thought was thirty thousand. Oh, wow okay ambitious 22 solar systems oh okay. you know we're just getting started but we've also gone to the andromeda galaxy twice oh with the help of and she says it again the, <laughs> the tall whites and the tall oh, nordics no linda <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> linda Oh, Linda, goodness. listen to yourself. Like, 
<laughs> Say it into a mirror and tape it and listen back and see if anything comes off not the way you meant it. And guess what? We now know that there are 168 civilizations within a certain parameter of light years within the Milky Way galaxy. <laughs> 168 okay. civilizations within, within a, a certain, certain parameter. parameter. Okay, sure. That's one way to <laughs> define your sample. Such a specific number, too. 168 within a certain within parameter. A certain parameter. Don't pin her down. <laughs> I would never. Linda, I love you. And she's been having conversations with people in medicine and science, and she lists all mm. these areas of specialty. And they drop me notes at conferences. That are being denied by our military. It's an outrage. Mm. Poor Linda. Linda. Also then, she did come around at least and comment on the original prompt, which was about this A-O-I-M-S-G <laughs> new like task force AOL MSG mm-hmm. yeah and she said and really I think it's just the government showing its true colors by creating this unpronounceable acronym oh I got it the first time this was interesting Serena then the moderator finally got a word in edgewise again and she said who's advising Senator Kristen Gillibrand because she's asking all the right questions mm. I didn't know Gillibrand had any UFO involvement yeah me neither hmm. Gillibrand's groundbreaking unidentified aerial phenomena amendment included in final NDAA. Huh. Well, there you go. Working alongside Senator Marco Rubio. Great. Oh. Oh, and Congressman Ruben Gallego. Great. Doing good work there, people. NDA is the National Defense Authorization Act. Ah. So Linda jumps back in because she's not done talking yet. And she says, Whitley, I was literally told by someone from Bush's defense team that there's one topic we don't want brought up. Like, don't talk about this. Mm. Animal mutilations. Oh. And she's been talking about it for 34 years. But like in the military, like we never address this in the military. Oh, okay. We can talk about UAP or whatever, but we don't talk about mutilations because that's covering up the harvest of genetic material of animals and humans that's been going on. That's like what the aliens are doing is they are taking all of these genetic samples from life. But why doesn't the military want us to know that in particular? Either it sounds too far-fetched Like, they don't want to make public statements about it. Okay. She's got a point. Like, the military never makes any pronouncements on cattle mutilations. You're right. Whenever they do those, like, 4th of July celebrations, they're not like, by the way, cattle mutilations are aliens. They don't do it. So, the theory here that she starts to espouse is that they have been collecting all of this so that they can create their own custom bodies that they can inhabit here on Earth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I believe this, yeah. And they need our souls for it? Uh, Souls weren't mentioned. That was new to me Mm. when you said that. I was kind of surprised. But Whitley then chimes in. He's like, oh, yeah, I totally agree on this. He said that it's almost as if they've been taking enough samples from life on Earth to build a new Earth somewhere else. Oh. And he says that he personally has lived with someone in his life who was the product of this process. It was a real human being. Mm -hmm. Well, not entirely. He couldn't speak, but he was facile with telepathic communication. Okay. And then he described this entity, this person, as being like a schizophrenic, very distressed. Oh, no. This was his description. 
Huh, okay, yeah, I really wonder what was up there. Like, if he had a friend who didn't speak this and was, he thought he could communicate or... This was, like, boy, hard ex- to know. extreme vague booking here. Yeah, yeah. It's like, tell me more about this. Yeah. And then he, huh. tr- he transitioned into a story about how when he lived in this small town that the locals were planning a hunting accident to kill him and his family. Oh, my God. Apparently, somehow, they foiled the plot. Okay. They were seeing creatures like this, hybrids and aliens visiting around his place, and they just assumed he was some kind of sorcerer, needed to be killed. Goodness. Yeah, again, vague booking. And like, somehow he got a hold of their plan and was able to stop Avoid their plan. it, yeah. Okay. And they didn't find some other way to kill him. Yeah. 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 Who were they? N- none of this makes sense. I should mention that he was the only one on the panel wearing a mask. And he kept, like, taking it off, not taking it off. You could hear him fine through the microphone with his mask on, but then he'd sort of, like, apologize and take it off halfway through his talk. Mm -hmm. And this was, I I thought, kind of poignant. He said, sorry, I'm, I'm very cautious about masks because I only have one and a half lungs. And my doctor told me if you get coronavirus, you'll probably die. Oh, wow. And so he's been vaccinated uh, which, you know, at this conference, that's kind of a bold statement. There's a lot of people yeah. who are very anti-vaccine. So anyways, he explained why he kept sort of taking his mask on and off. But of course, he had to end this particular missive with something dramatic. He said about the government, they keep their secrets from us. It starts with them. <laughs> True. That's one of those sentences that just completely relies on the delivery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's just every time, yeah, he's like he does it in that dramatic voice. Right, right. Like this like, is the yeah. final thing then, I am saying. Right. And then a few seconds later you're like, wait, that wasn't anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the secret keeper keeps a secret. Well, yeah. Yeah. So then Linda Moulton Howe prompted, Well, why does it look like they're opening up? Which is a good question. All right. Yeah, right. They're so secretive. Well, why are they releasing this stuff and making us look less crazy to our children who don't read our (laughs) books or watch our movies? And Caroline jumped in. She said, it's a facade. It's an agenda. It's not real disclosure. Oh. But at least it does make it a legitimate topic. So we've got that going for us. But we're the ones doing the work. Oh, That was kind of her through line. Like, we should get credit. We're the ones actually figuring all this stuff out. And Linda Moulton now says, yeah, we're working 18-hour days. Like just the other day, I went to dinner with Jimmy, and I wouldn't let him go home. (laughs) Yeah, right. That was six hours of my work. Yeah, this was weird. Uh, Serena, again, the moderator, she referenced something about a story in Brazil with a policeman carrying an E.T., an extraterrestrial. (laughs) People, you got to set the scene. So many things. We don't necessarily know about the E.T. in Brazil. This was somehow related to, she was trying to open up a new topic of health issues attending UAP. And so Mm. Linda Moulton Howe jumped in and she said, oh yeah, like terahertz emissions alone from UFOs are a real danger. So weird though, because you get this alternate message that aliens are loving and healing and here to help us and keep us from destroying ourselves. But then also they do horrible things to us and their ships are harmful to us with terahertz radiation. Okay. They won me over to this in 2017. Okay. There are good, bad, and indifferent aliens. Yeah. Is much more reasonable to me than this idea of like them all being evil or them all being good. Yeah. I feel like that's a more consistent narrative. It's the one you eventually arrive at when you have to deal with these weird (laughs) inconsistencies. 
feel like it's the similar process that gave us angels and demons. Oh, something good happened. Well, someone must have stepped in to help me out with that. Oh, something bad happened. Well, there must be a malicious force out there that has it out for me. Something neutral but kind of spooky happened? Okay, we have ghosts. They sit in the middle. Yeah. Oh, I almost got hurt, but then I wasn't. So something stepped in and made that happen. Yeah, you're right. And so Serena, the moderator, she kind of introduces that nuance and says... But there's also been healings. So she yeah. kind of acknowledges. Then she turns to Paola and says, what do you know about that? And Paola just says, that's not really what I do. <laughs> Good for Paola. Yeah, that's not my line of interest. We talk about them. We talk about the aliens. But what about us? Look around you. Look all around the world. There's no unity anywhere. There's no conversation. There's no sharing of information. So what? Girl. She, yeah, she's like really down on the human race all of a sudden. There's no sharing of information? No, no sharing that's of information. That's at its peak in all of humanity oh, right now. interesting. Okay, well, that's not how she's feeling at oh, the okay. moment. Huh. And so what she wants to know is what do the aliens say when they go back where they came from? Do they say that humans are good or bad? Ask them. With the implication that, you know, they're probably saying that we're bad behind our backs. Oh, she kind of pulls a Whitley on us, too. Like, you know, I'm going to say something really deep and important. She said, ask me what's going on in 40 years. And I say, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, me too. Uh, And she mentions that she has a master's (laughs) in education And she's really dreamed about us having an educated conversation about all of this. But let's admit it, everybody. She turns to like the whole audience. We're the fringe here. Oh, wow. Yeah. But she transitions from us being the fringe, which feels like is very present in her mind just because her kids don't take her seriously. But she says the real message that's coming from the aliens is that we need to take care of our planet. So it's Ah, like twofold. We need to raise our consciousness and we need to do ecological work. That seems to be what the aliens are really telling us. Got it. You're killing your planet. Save it. So then Caroline jumps in and, oh boy, Caroline's got some interesting thoughts. So she's the one producing that Tear in the Sky documentary. She says, I've been having communication with entities for decades, both spiritually and physically. So not only is she having like physical contact experiences, but she has other ways of connecting with them through her mind or something okay right okay so this goes way back when i was five years old i saw beings but i also realized that i was on this side of the veil and that that you know Mm. that we had a spiritual connection and continuum that extended from my human form to their non-human form and it's a stream of consciousness that connects us together Hmm. okay she's five wow and uh, yeah maybe some of this realization has come over time but she feels that we're connected with our soul lineage, our divine lineage, our star lineage, whatever you want to call it. She's definitely uh, introducing like a new, very spiritual aspect to this panel that wasn't there before. Right. And now they have to decide, do we envelop this? Do I sort of redirect it and throw in my own little concerns? What do I do? And I feel like this was a situation where everybody else just kind of nods politely and thinks like, okay, well, maybe we can steer it back to where we had the conversation right. before when she's done talking. <laughs> uh, but but guess what some of her main methods are of experiencing aliens on a psychic level? Mm, masturbation. Yes. How'd you know? Is that really? No. Oh. 
Okay, cooking. <laughs> okay. Prayer. Oh, yeah. Okay, very good guess. Meditation. She might. Okay, I, I think she might have said meditation, but dreams. Oh, of course, dreams. And, Duh, Carrie, stupid. And regression. Oh, great. She Hypnotherapy. Works, she works Excellent. with regression. Yes. Okay, good, good, good. So that's where she can connect with sort of the conversation that was just happening and saying, and, you know, witnessed real miraculous healings in that context. Sure. But also downloads oh good this is when you just start thinking thoughts or babbling and you assume that it's from the divine yeah you get like good idea for a new screenplay and you're like that came from the aliens yep oh and she even says i've had people i guess with her regressions speaking in a foreign language they've never learned ah so so she introduces like you know an aspect of glossolalia or something kind of similar at least with the language um, yeah yeah that you never learned somehow happening with this alien interaction if you get real sleepy and kind of dissociative sometimes you can kind of do this babble that sounds like another language i feel like she's throwing a lot of things in the pot anyways whitley jumps in and says may i so in my own life, I've interacted with at least four physical entities, he okay. says. Well, I've interacted with a lot more physical entities. And he says, and you know, like Linda Moulton Howe was just telling us there's 186. And she jumps in and says, 168 within a certain a radius. <laughs> <laughs> and so then again, another like Whitley drop the mic moment. He says, if the universe is a desert, then God is a moron. And you can tell he's just... <laughs> He's worked on these little polished phrases that he can drop and hopes, you know, get turned into little memes or something. Oh, with I see. Picture. If it's a desert, like with very few beings. Exactly. Yeah. God, and then God why, is a moron. Yeah. Why would God build this whole universe okay. and only populate it with us? So he tells a bit about his story and how he's learned that he had all these experiences when he was a child. But it all kind of came back after he was 40 years old and had this experience that's made famous in communion. Right. He's one of the people who thinks that his amnesia for his childhood is abnormal. Right. Which is a whole thing. People tend to to assume that they're unusual that way when most of us don't remember most of our childhoods. Mm, yeah. Oh, that's a good way of saying it. So he even recognized that this feels really dark and evil, but he wanted to embrace it and experience it more and try to like plumb the depths of this and find maybe the positivity or at least learn more about it and he said and it worked they came back and they're still in my life this has become the most important thing in my life this contact experience so he was kind of glad that he dove into what was really dark and negative experience for him and turned it into something positive that has revolutionized his life and his consciousness and of course he has to end this with something that will stick in your mind so he says it's about learning how to do this, and we can. <laughs> Are people clapping at this? Sometimes. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. you feel that rhythm and you're like, I'm supposed to clap, here it comes, clap, 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 clap. Wait, what did that mean? It's just so funny, you know, he'll talk for a minute and then he just knows, like, I got to wrap up with this important statement. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you did it. So uh, then Serena, the moderator, she wanted to know about Project Galileo. I wasn't aware hmm. of this, but it's actually from Harvard. Okay. And it's an attempt what to up? look into the skies and see what they can find out potentially about alien life. Like a SETI thing? Yeah, okay. I guess so. I only briefly looked at their website, but it was legitimately from Harvard. Okay. I'll read their ground rules. One, we do not work with classified information or unreliable past data. Two, our analysis of the data is based on known physics. Three, our data and analysis will be freely published, documented, and archived. Four, 
No results will be released except through scientifically accepted channels of publication. All right. The little slogan for the Galileo project is daring to look through new telescopes. So there you go. Okay, Looks those like... are the ground rules. Now, can you read the sky rules? Uh, I'll, I'll read this as well. They say the goal of the Galileo project is to bring the search for extraterrestrial technological signatures of extraterrestrial technological civilizations from <laughs> accidental or anecdotal observations and legends to the mainstream of transparent, validated, and systematic scientific research. Cool. Complementary to traditional SETI. So, yeah, that's cool. Uh, more power to you all. So I wonder if John Mack was ever involved in that. Wasn't he Harvard? Yeah, but it feels like this is brand new. Like yeah. Yeah, okay. just started. It also feels totally not in the spirit of John Mack, per se. Oh, right. Who was more about the personal stories. Yeah, yeah, and regression and stuff, yeah. Jacques Vallée was given this question. He said, well, I'm not involved with the project. I don't want to speak for them. But he did agree that we need to do a better job of documenting and kind of reinforce that earlier point. You know, one person with a camera phone isn't going to convince the skeptics. Yeah. Then he went off on this really long segue. He wanted to pick up on what... Whitley had said about us not thinking of the government as bad people. Mm. And so he gave this protracted mm -hmm. history of his own involvement with the government and how he realized at a certain point, uh, and J. Allen Hynek, the uh, famous researcher, kind of helped him realize this, that, you know, the government's just made out of people and yep. they don't have perfect knowledge and they're trying to do the best with what they have and we really shouldn't judge them as individuals, uh, which I, I appreciate. It's more pragmatic and just the understanding of human psychology, but also is kind of contrary to this whole thread that we see of people picturing the shadowy cabal that right. has everything figured out. So he was trying to introduce that. But the way Jacques Vallée talks is, I think, so difficult to pin down. Like, I would try to take notes, and he'll just sort of say a little snippet of something, and then he'll add a little another snippet and a little bit of backstory and history, mm -hmm. and then he'll get off on a tangent. And at no point can I say, like, well, wait, what point are you making? What are you trying oh, to no. say? Yeah. And it was so... I really struggle with this when uh, I hear it. It's so frustrating. It's like, now I'm just, I'm fascinated with your sentence structure that you're so evasive and saying so little while uh -huh. talking constantly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And he's kind of like Linda Moulton Howe, just in that he'll just keep going and going. And also, you know, he's the oldest person on the panel, besting Linda Moulton Howe there. So, you know, it's hard to fault him, but he just kind of goes back and forth and he's talking about 9-11. He name drops oh, Carl wow. Sagan and he tells all these other little stories and he goes on for, I had to check, 23 minutes <laughs> on a two-hour panel. The, the Air Force um, was given an impossible job that no other agency wanted, which was to keep the records of the public there was a point back in the late 50s when the study of UFOs in the United States diverged. One branch, which was initially classified, but we know about it now, um, was dedicated to instrumentation and uh, classified gathering of data about UFOs. And the, the thought was that we, we don't need reports from ordinary people because ordinary people don't know anything. What we want is, is calibrated data from instruments, including the early satellites, 
um, and uh, including a number of things that would be deployed around the world, which they were. Uh, in the meantime, uh, the public wants to report because the public is worried and somebody has to take those reports and catalog them and that job was given to the Air Force and it was an impossible job. So oh my God. one sixth of the panel is just him like addressing this one question. You can just feel the energy of everyone else. Like, wait, where do we insert and stop him? Because uh, he doesn't do the Whitley Strieber thing and just give you one deep life-changing thought. Right. Yeah. At Whitley's least, fault is on the other end of the spectrum for sure. Yeah. So Ooh, God. yeah, that went on for a really long time. And I was like, I was just frustrated with how inscrutable his sentences were. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Without saying too much, I've had to watch a lot of Bessel van der Kolk videos Ooh, recently. So you're feeling the, that pain. Yeah, trauma researcher, author. Okay. Oh boy, he does so much of that. So one of the points he made in that rambling <laughs> journey was that he had met one person in the government who said, oh yeah, we have like such intelligence on the Soviet Union at the time that I can tell you exactly how many snowflakes fell on the statue in front of the Kremlin. Like, no, you can't. <laughs> right. Sure. But, you know, the idea is like, we know the weather so well that we know exactly what's happening. We know when it's going to be drought or rain weeks in advance. And so what Jacques Vallée wanted to know is, why aren't we sharing this knowledge? He thinks it's just a failure of communication by human beings who aren't well connected because of the secrecy. Mm-hmm. But also there's sort of that ethical issue, like oh, when the poor woman you know loses her house to the flood you know why didn't we warn her because we knew we knew Mm, it was mm -hmm. coming and then paula i feel like the i'll tell you more in the trinity panel where i definitely got this impression of her but i feel like she always wants recognition and uh maybe it's just outside of the domain of her children not paying attention to her but it's always like (laughs) hey i should be getting credits i've done all this stuff and it feels Uh, like she's always like kind of selling her own experiences uh, and resume like hey you should take me very seriously here so (laughs) she starts telling the story about her going to peru and she just keeps getting caught up in little details that make you think like well tell me why i should think this is important before you give me all these details uh but she's saying like and you know we're on this mountain and it was the tallest mountain i'll spare you all those details but you know she was like setting all this stage it's like just tell us what happened so finally she gets to it and says that starting in the 70s there have been extraterrestrials walking around peru (laughs) and I think Peru was mentioned in Linda Moulton House talk in 2017. One of her little portal stories was in Peru, I'm pretty sure. Apparently these extraterrestrial beings, and she said this is even documented in newspapers, that they warned us that there was going to be an earthquake and 45,000 people were going to die. And, and was the, there? Well, the way she presented it, I don't know if the newspapers covered this in advance, but she said, and then it happened. 45,000 people died. So I guess her trip to this mountain, finally she explains why she set that up, that as part of her trip, she had to walk over the ground that was a mass grave where they would buried thousands of people who died in this earthquake. Okay. 45,000 people? Yeah, that there was like the mountain came down or there was like a massive landslide or something like that. In Peru, I assume. I assume as well. Did she say when this was supposed to have happened? Well, I would assume sometime in the late 70s or sometime after the prediction was made in the 70s. Okay. Oh, wait. 
wait, in pictures, Peru's most catastrophic natural disaster, May 31st, 1970. Oh. Okay, quake and massive landslides kills approximately 70,000 people. Oh, wow. Okay. But I have to think, Man. okay, if the aliens came and specifically warned us, what, because they wanted this not to happen, clearly they didn't do their job well enough. Yeah, well, was her point that this didn't get disseminated? We should have listened? And- yeah, well, I think she was piggybacking on Jacques Vallée's point that important information needs to be shared. Yeah. The aliens have been trying to do that with us, but then all these people died because they didn't heed their warning. Okay, internally consistent. Yeah. Externally. But interesting that it turns all the blame on us for ignoring their message. But I have to ask, like, well, why wasn't their message more effective? Yeah. If they did a few signs and wonders. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And we take it more seriously. Anyways. So then. Yeah. And you'd think they'd send the next guy being like, hey, remember how Al told you that there was going to be the big earthquake? And then there was. Maybe listen to me this fucking time. Yeah. Yeah. So I doubt this story about newspapers, but I'm open to evidence. Yeah. So Whitley then turns to the audience and says, okay, I just I want to get a feel for the audience and the experiences that you've had. Contactees, raise your hand. Oh, yeah. And apparently at least some people do because he gets some reaction. He said, okay, so tell me now if you've seen grays. And so he gets hands for gray aliens. Mm -hmm. Okay, tell me if you've seen the little dark blue figures that are Mm -hmm. kind of frog and troll-like. That's... It feels to talk about them. Yeah, it seems like he's the one who introduced that particular species of aliens. All right, blondes. Who's seen blondes? Are people raising their hands for all of these? It feels? I'm not. Yeah, it feels like somebody's raising their hands because he doesn't say like nobody. Yeah, okay. Um, Saurians or reptiles. And so, yeah. Saurionic arthritis. (laughs) And then here we go. Here's a new race of aliens I've never heard of before. Oriental looking sort of human people. That aren't human. No, 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 no. Whitley, no, 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 no. Say it into your phone. Say it into a mirror. Record yourself. Play it back. See how it sounds. And then the final category are hybrids who are humans, but they are somehow working or involved with the aliens. Oh, well, that's not a hybrid. Maybe they're partial human. I don't know. That's how he described it. So he said, okay, well, I just did this because I wanted to know you all a bit. How many of you would like to have a contact experience? And here's where you can tell like many people raise their hands. Like, oh, okay, all right. Then he tells them, well, you may have had them. A lot of people just like don't remember their contact experience. So there you go. And you have to go and get past life regression or whatever. Hypnotherapy. And of course, he had to end with a dramatic statement. And so he tells a story about this guy who had the courage to say things he wasn't supposed to within the military. This is that Corso character that we mentioned earlier. Mm. So when he was asked to turn off the radar for 10 minutes so that the craft could leave, he said, what's in it for us? And he was told, a new world, if you can take it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Whitley. All right, I'm putting on a bumper sticker. (laughs) So the moderator asked him what he felt the main message was from the visitors, and he said, it's two things. It's the danger of nuclear proliferation, which we've mentioned, and environmental change slash catastrophe. So there we go. Consistent messaging. So Linda Moulton Howe. Here she comes. We haven't heard her for a while. So she says that our government has info from the tall whites and the tall Nordics. Stop it! Oh my God, you guys! L- loud and proud. Uh, 
<laughs> We've learned from them about a sun cycle that could reduce to the concept of a micronova. That was her phrasing. Could reduce to the concept of a micronova. That's, Wait, and what was the first part of the sentence? Uh, a sun cycle. A so sun cycle so that the, could reduce to the concept of a micronova. So these tall aliens, the whites and the Nordics. <laughs> God, <laughs> they, they've been observing our sun and know it so much better than we do okay. that they realize it might result in a micronova. Okay, and so this could be a concern for the middle of this decade, definitely by 2036, and that's what you heard okay. about. 2036, and, and this, not that far off. This has been given to her by two people, so <laughs> you can take this one to the bank. So. Did do they know each other? Of course not, but probably. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I wonder if it was the two guys in her Antarctica documentary oh, who clearly could, knew each other. Could be. Goodness. Oh my god. So here's what happens in a micronova. Okay. First, the is this from her? Yes. Okay. The surface of the sun pulses with energy. It's an entire sun event, and it could release such strong energy. And perhaps this is related to the 12,000-year-old event that caused the extinction of 33 mammal species 12,000 years ago and left a lot of nanodiamonds, which (laughs) came down in a carbon mat that spread from Mexico all the way to Colorado, something like that. Okay. So she's thinking that, you know, this could be another one of those level, like, kind of mini extinction events coming our way. No offense, mammals, but 33 mammals isn't that many mammals. It's bad to lose any biodiversity, but... Yeah, I feel like our sixth extinction of just human interloping in the environment is, is killing far more than that. Yeah. But, you know, maybe there would be more. Anyway, so... She said that's another warning that we're receiving from the aliens, essentially. They don't want us to be wiped out. And and Whitley seemed to resonate with that in the 12,000-year-old event hypothesis. So Caroline wanted to get in on this, and she said, oh, yeah, there's cosmic events all the time. Again, she's the director of that Terror in the Sky film that has this kind of more spiritual aspect to her alien experience. Is she the one who points cameras at the sky? Yes. Okay. And so she said that she's experienced these massive, massive consciousness type beings that come from beyond the universe Okay. that she connects with. And so the ETs aren't just these local entities, not just the greys and Nordics or whatever, but that there are presences of intelligences moving beyond the veils. I assume that everyone else in the room is doing what I'm doing watching this, just thinking like, oh, goodness, like this doesn't mesh with anything else being told. Everyone else is talking about there's these other maybe human varieties, these other aliens, their entities that we interact with. And she says, no, 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 no. There's even bigger entities, massive, huge ones beyond the edge of the universe. Oh, right. That directly communicate with me telepathically. Oh, right, right, right. So she's invoked this whole new additional massive intelligence. That also would necessarily be more important. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, it's bigger. Yeah. She warns everybody that what we need to do is just wake up not worry if other people are going to believe us. We need to just do our job. Her answers always come back to like, we're the ones that do the work. Let's do the work. Right, Let's get okay. out there with our camera equipment and capture data and make hay out of it. Stop trying to prove yourself to those who will never believe you anyway. And she says, maybe our job is talking about love or communication. Just know that we have support coming from the other side. 
referring to these massive, I picture them as like floating brains beyond the edge of yeah, the universe. Yeah, yeah, I'm seeing big blobs. But this got an applause, so I guess she won over the audience oh, okay. with this uh, spiritual talk. Did she say it slow? <laughs> I think she did. Oh, there yeah. you go. Jacques Vallée, he jumps in again. And at this point, the moderator's already reminded him a couple times like, hey, you have another panel. You should probably be leaving to go get oh, ready wow, yeah. for your talk with your co-author because Ross is waiting for you in the next room. He lets us know that everything I learned in astronomy is no longer true, and we can only account for 5 everything? or 10% of the matter in the universe. Well, you know, he's being dramatic, but there's so much we're learning about the rest of the universe. Mm. So Linda Moulton Howe realizes that they're trying to end the panel. Okay. Serena's like bringing it to a close saying, okay, everybody, I'd like you to uh-huh. talk about your next panel that you have coming up because we're over time. And, and Linda's like, oh, cool, my final nine minutes. And Linda Moulton House says, okay, so the Webb telescope should be able to see structures on a planet orbiting Alpha Centauri. And <laughs> we're thinking that that is how maybe the, the the disclosure could happen, that we'll announce that there is a structure detected on another planet in another solar system. <laughs> You could tell, like, the, the moderator is just annoyed. Like, just tell us about your next talk, lady. Yeah. You know? Oh, my God. We're like, done. anyone is able to also, like, take that in as new information and synthesize it with everything else. Like, we don't have right, whatever's like, going on in your brain, Linda. Either introduce it earlier and let us have a conversation about it or save it for another discussion. Yeah. Don't just, like, drop us this crazy <laughs> bomb of new stuff right at the end. But she seriously does it every time. She did that on your conversation. She did that on this panel. I've oh. seen her do it other times. It's just so funny. It's like, yeah. oh, no, no, you're trying to end this. Uh, I'm going to say something okay. new and big. Well, here's what should have been the thesis of the entire talk. <laughs> exactly. Finally, she has to concede, okay, my next talk is called Hall of Mirrors with a Quicksand Floor. <laughs> yes, an old classic. Why not play the hits, Linda? Why not play <laughs> the hits? She's been giving a talk called Hall of Mirrors with a Quicksand oh, Floor really? since okay. 2017 at least. Oh, yeah. all right. It's coming again at 5 p.m. And Whitley Strieber's got his talk called Them, and it's going to be completely new, not like anything you've ever heard before. They want us to survive. What are their motives? We'll talk about that this afternoon. And of course, he has to end with something dramatic. Yeah, give us some gravity. He talks about an article from some, I don't know, it was a journal or it was just a newspaper or something, but it said something about how like the new science is causing us to think in a completely new way. And he says... Welcome, scientists, to our world. Yeah, hell we've, yeah. We've been thinking in a new way all Whitley. along. And then Serena bashfully apologizes to the audience. Sorry, we didn't get to many of our questions. <laughs> yeah, maybe because Jacques Vallée was talking for 23 minutes nonstop. But that was the end of the talk. There was an applause. And I just love the last thing on the recording before it cut out was Linda Moulton House saying, I am so cold. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. That was it. That was it. That's great. Good editing. Yeah, fun. Oh, well, thank you for watching that DVD. That was exciting. And yeah, I learned a few new things and it tied in well with the next couple talks that I experienced. How much did we pay for each of those DVDs? Was it 20 bucks? If you bought... One, it was 20 bucks, but if you bought six, it was 100. So, okay, so I bought two sets of six DVDs. Okay. They got $200 out of me. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for showing up so I didn't have to. That was fun. Thank you for telling me about Linda Bolton Howe. I'm glad you're we, welcome. Glad we had eyes on her. Linda, if you're listening, we'd love to talk to you. 
Linda, if you're listening, I'm the person at Proton Mail. There's no dog and cat program. Do you follow Linda? Just uh, acknowledge that you know that that is not <laughs> yeah. real. Yeah, I only have so much time. But glorious. Yeah, we'll be back with more Conscious Life Expo. Though there may be, I don't know, something fun in the meantime. Hmm. Maybe. We'll we'll see what drops on your podcast feed. Who knows? Well, that's it for this particular show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. You can support us by going to MaximumFun.org slash join, becoming part of the MaxFun family, getting bonus material, and supporting us. Or you could buy one of our shirts at the MaxFun store. Yeah, we got some merch could also buy a jumbotron and have us say something about your exciting project or a greeting to your loved one or greeting to your butt also available (laughs) you can follow us on social media we're on twitter at ono podcast we're on facebook at facebook.com forward slash onrack onrack what's that Uh, some people say it's ono ross and carrie but i don't know and remember in the words of linda moulton howe i think that some of the hardest evidentiary material outside of the work I did on animal mutilations has been what has happened on United States Minuteman missile bases where people have seen football field size, Super Kmart sized craft, stop over gates, stop over missile silos, and then There are all kinds of stories about interactions between the UFOs and people stationed at these various places. Like a jump cut in a movie where the scene just changes. Mario felt like he was moving in the air on his back about three to four feet above the ground, but nothing was holding him up. It was only air. Then he saw and felt something black and cold that reminded him of jello. Some other human abductees over the years have also described a jello substance in UFOs that they are told is a disinfectant for germs. Schmanners. Noun. Definition. Rules of etiquette designed not to judge others, but rather to guide ourselves through everyday social situations. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. Every week on Schmanners, we take a look at a topic that has to do with society or manners. We talk about the history of it. We take a look at how it applies to everyday life. And we take some of your questions. And sometimes we do a biography about a really cool person that had an impact on how we view etiquette. So join us every Friday and listen to Schmanners on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.